are fresh off your Easter weekend. I'm fresh off giving a sermon, and we are rocking and rolling, folks. Brand new week, brand new edition of shows right here on a Monday. Hottest show on the streets, best form of Alabama football news, notes, and information you will find anywhere. This right here being in my own worst podcast with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, coming to you from Tuscaloosa. As always, show more than me. I got the man, John Ivory, JP, making sure we're sounding good on the up and up there in the production room. And as always, we encourage you to smash the like button. Give us a thumbs up. Give a like on the show. Hit that subscribe button. That tells us at TDA to continue pumping you out, giving you the best in news, notes, information, and content on your favorite program that being the Alabama Crimson Tide. It is because of you that we are over 8,000 subscribers strong on the YouTube channel. So we want to continue to encourage you to help us grow the network channel and the brand. Got an outstanding show prepared for you guys. We'll start things off by talking Mac Jones and why I think he will win the national championship for the Crimson Tide as the starting quarterback. From there, we will sit down with former Alabama defensive back Shaheem Carter as he preparing for the NFL draft. He played for the Crimson Tide from 2016 to 2019. Get a chance to chat with him. Excited about that. And then we'll go into Tua Tagovailoa and one former NFL quarterback just does not believe Tua is a top-five pick. He also does not believe Tua will transition well to the next level, to the pro game. So I'll have my rebuttal on that statement. But this, along with your phone calls, tweets, texts, messages, thoughts, questions, and concerns on this edition of shows. But first off, first topic of conversation here. And uh, Bryce Young is going to be special, okay? Bryce Young is going to be good, okay? But I was on Twitter this entire weekend, over the weekend, and uh, there were three sets of tweets that I saw from Crimson Tide fans debating, arguing, that type of thing. And the tweet started off with one guy saying, if Bryce Young is not QB1, if Bryce Young is not the starter, if Bryce Young is not the man for 2020, then uh, Bama's doomed. Alabama's not going to win a national championship. It's not going to win a conference title. It's not going to make the college football playoff. Nick Saban can just tuck his head between his legs and kiss the world goodbye. There is no hope for Alabama if Bryce Young is not QB1. And I'm going, that is the most over-exaggeration, asinine statement I've heard in my entire life. Bryce Young is going to be good. Bryce Young's going to be okay. He's going to be special, but... I feel like we as people, we take the word elite and we use this word way too loosely. Just because you may have elite traits, elite qualities, elite characteristics at the quarterback position, does that necessarily mean you are an elite quarterback? Absolutely not. Case in point, look at one Trevor Lawrence, for example. Look at Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence at one point in time at Clemson was thought to be the second coming of Jesus in terms of quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence was thought to be the best thing since the Easy Bake Oven. Now, yes, Trevor Lawrence has some great qualities. Yes, he has some great tendencies. But is he elite? No, because he still has some growing to go. Just go back and watch the national championship game against LSU. That was the worst I have ever seen Trevor Lawrence. Look bad. Looked awful, looked uncomfortable, looked terrible. I counted 18 overthrows, and that was because the LSU defense put that heat on him, which means it is more than just the quarterback, ladies and gentlemen. You got to have a combination of things. You got to have a defense, and Trevor Lawrence was not prepared for that LSU defense in the national championship game. Now people will say he was prepared for the Alabama defense. I I wouldn't really say he was prepared. Alabama just could not get a pass rush to Trevor Lawrence to save its life. As opposed to LSU, it got the pass rush. And you saw when there's pressure put to a quarterback and he's not ready for it, that quarterback crumbles in the big moment. That's what happened to one Trevor Lawrence. There were 
all four quarterbacks that were in the college football playoff this past season, they all had elite traits. They all had elite qualities, elite characteristics, even down to one Jalen Hurts. I know that's contrary to popular belief, but even Jalen Hurts had some elite characteristics. But people look at me and go, well, Stephen, look at how special Joe Burrow was last year. Look at what he did and the year he had and the greatness he was able to pursue. Joe Burrow did not do anything special, people. He did exactly what the coaching staff required of him to do. He made the right throw, made the right call, made the right check, made the right play at the right time, helping his team win. He didn't overexert himself. He didn't do too much. He did exactly what Joe Brady told him to do. And he had the benefit of having a Joe Moore award-winning offensive line, spectacular receivers, a underrated strong running great strong running back, and a solid defense to boot when it was healthy. Joe Burrow was not even really uberly athletic. He just pulled the ball down, lowered his shoulders, picked up some yards when he could. He did what he was supposed to do. And when you look at Mac Jones, Mac Jones thoroughly capable of making the right call at the offensive line, making the right checks, putting the ball into the hands of the playmakers, playing within the system because he's going to have a solid offensive line, seven different running backs to work with, a strong wide receiver core, and a defense that will be very much so improved. And I'm going to bring this to your attention here. The five national championships that Alabama has won under Nick Saban these quarterbacks that played at Alabama went up against the quote-unquote elite names in their time, and they were still able to bring home the national championship. So check out the slide here as it's being shown on screen here. 2009, 2009, the elite quarterbacks, the people that national media at that time referred to as these are elite, these are the creme de la creme, these are ahead of the game, these are the upper echelon. Either you have these guys or you have nothing. Either they have, either you have these guys or you don't have a thing. Either you have these guys or you're not going to win whatsoever. You're dirt, trash, filth, nothing unless you have these guys. Those guys were none other than Tim Tebow, Colt McCoy, Robert Griffin III, and Kellen Moore, among others. These were the elite. Sam Bradford also. These were the creme de la creme. These were the guys. Greg McElroy was mentioned nowhere in that statement. Greg McElroy was mentioned nowhere among these quarterbacks. Greg McElroy was never even thought of to be elite, but it was Greg McElroy doing a little Barishnikov ballet step down the sideline in the SEC championship game against Florida, and Greg McElroy wins the national championship. Then we go down to 2011. 2011 and 2012, what did the national talking heads say? Oh, just if you don't have Andrew Luck or Terrell Pryor or Johnny Manziel or Marcus Mariota or Teddy Bridgewater or Taj Boyd or Braxton Miller or, or any of these elite names, any of these big-time quarterbacks, any of these that can do the above and beyond and just a special, 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 you got nothing. A.J. McCarron becomes the two-time national championship quarterback, people, 2011 and 2012. And even when you look at 2015, where you had Deshaun Watson, where you had Jared Goff, where you had Baker Mayfield, where you had Josh Rosen, where you had J.T. Barrett, and you had all these names, right, that people looked at as can't miss, can't miss, can't miss. You got to have these guys. These guys are next level. Jacob Coker, who was way down the matriculation of the list, wins the national championship. Where am I getting at? I'm getting at this right here. Just because people put you on the pedestal as an elite prospect does not necessarily guarantee you automatically seal you in as the national champion. Just saying. Mac Jones, just saying. Bryce Young... As good as he can be, he needed the spring, y'all. Bryce Young needed the spring. He needed the spring to show the hype. He needed the spring to get this connection with the players, the playbook, the coaching staff, the fans. 
Bryce Young needed these 15 spring practices along with the A-Day game. Mac Jones didn't really need the spring. Mac Jones has played in three different spring games, three different spring practices. I think people forget at times, this is the same Mac Jones that outplayed Jalen Hurts and outplayed Tua Tagovailoa in different A-Day games. This is the same Mac Jones that of the three A-Day games, one of them, he was the MVP. I feel like people forget, just like Bryce Young was at the Elite 11, just like Tua Tagovailoa was at the Elite 11, uh, Mac Jones was there too. People forget, just like Bryce Young has won national championships, or state championships in high school and set records, Mac Jones did the exact same thing. And it's cute to see Bryce Young over there in California throwing the ball to NFL talents like Juju Smith-Schuster, but you're not going to be throwing the Juju on Saturdays in the fall, son. You ain't going to be throwing the Juju. You're going to be throwing to Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Tyrell Shavers, John Mechie, Slave Bolton, Xavier Williams, Thayu Jones-Bell, Treshawn Holder, and Javon Baker. Now, the names I have just rattled off of the veterans in this group, in this group, they have the connection to who? Mac Jones. They got the connection with Mac Jones. Offensive line connected to Mac Jones. Running backs connected with Mac Jones. Wide receivers connected with one Mac Jones. And... The crazy thing here is, people forget also at times, Jerry Judy was in a slump through five, in five games last year. He had a stretch of five games last year between September and October where he was in a slump. And this was with Tua at quarterback where Judy didn't even bring in 100 yards receiving through, during that five-game period. It was in a bad slump. And he's considered the best, the number one receiver in this draft class. Guess who picked up Judy at the slump? It was Mac Jones against Arkansas. Seven catches for a bucko, three and two touchdowns. And then, in Judy's entire collegiate career, he only had one, oh no, one, 200-yard receiving performance. That came with Mac Jones against Michigan in the Citrus Bowl. Six catches for 204 yards and one touchdown. And, and people say, and people say, well, Mac Jones can't handle the Georgia defense. Mac Jones can't handle SEC defenses. Mac Jones can't break down national defenses. I don't know about Mac Jones. I'm not sure about J Mac Jones. I don't trust him. He represents Obama. We got to be flying, sexy, and cool, and on the up and up and on fleek. We got to have that quarterback that can do everything because if we don't, we are doomed. Uh, John Parker Wilson handled that Georgia defense in 2008. Uh, A.J. McCarron handled that Georgia defense in 2012. Uh, Jacob Coker handled that Georgia defense in 2015. Uh, Tua Tonga came off the bench in the 2018 national title game off that 2017 season to handle that Georgia defense. Uh, Jalen Hurts came off the bench in the 2018 SEC championship game and lit that Georgia defense up. I'm just saying that Georgia defense is not insurmountable. I'm just saying. And Mac Jones took on the best or one of the best defensive fronts in all of college football last year in the Auburn Tigers and gave the nasty right back to Auburn every single freaking time. I'm talking 335 passing yards and four touchdowns. Everybody wants to holler at the two pick sixes, but let me spit it to you like this off the dome. Uh, one pick six was a fluke. That rarely ever happens. The other pick six was a bad ball. Everybody in life has a bad ball. It's part of life. Every Alabama quarterback has thrown a bad ball. Bryce Young is going to have a couple of bad balls in his career once he gets here. But the big thing is how do you respond from the bad balls? And Mac Jones picked himself up every single time and was slinging the rock like the trap house was jumping outside. I mean, Mac Jones had four touchdown passes getting the thing done. And then he goes out there against Michigan. And for all of y'all that think that Michigan didn't have a great defense, tell that to Josh Uche. Tell that to Quiddy Pay. Tell that to Aiden Hutchinson. Tell that to Cameron McGrone. Tell that to Jordan Glasgow. All of those individuals on that Michigan defensive front that had at least seven tackles for a loss, if not more, last season. And uh, 
all that Mac Jones did was throw for 327 passing yards with a couple of touchdown passes. I'm going to say this right now. Mac Jones will win the national championship for the Crimson Tide. He'll win the national championship, and he will go get drafted to the NFL because he's that good, he's that talented, he's that special, he's tired of being disrespected, and this is somebody that Nick Saban ain't worried about it, the players aren't worried about it, the administration staff ain't worried about it, I'm darn sure not worried about it, Mac Jones will win the national championship. And that's just how I'm going to leave it right there. We're going to go to our first break here on In My Own Worst, the podcast. Don't touch that dial. Just getting started. Upon our return, we dive into your phone calls, tweets, text messages, thoughts, questions, and concerns after this. fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care in support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to Touchdown Alabama. Alabama.com today and roll tide. We are back in from the break here on a Monday. Hottest show on the streets, best form of Crimson Tide football. News, notes, conversation, debate, and dialogue in my own words, the podcast with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown. Alabama Magazine and fans, this is your time, 205-448-1358. The number to get in to let your voice be heard, 205-448-1358. You can text with that number, leave a voicemail with that number. If Twitter is your thing, you can tweet the show directly at In My Own Words TDA. That's at In My Own Words TDA. You can tweet me directly at Coaching M. Smith. We take our first call today, and it comes from Wayland. Wayland, it's Monday, my man. Hope you're doing well today. I'm doing good, Stephen M. It's Monday. My, 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 my. Man, you are still on the attack. I think you're still in the pulpit, man. What is going on down at TDA? Man, doing well, man. It's like, for, for me... For me, Waylon, people thought that I was a Tua Tungavangoa hater at one point in time. I never was a Tua hater. For me, it was just at times I felt like Jalen Hurts was not getting his just due respect. And in this sense right here, I'm not a Bryce Young hater. I feel like the young man is going to be very special, but for some degree, I don't understand the disrespect for Mac Jones. This is somebody that understands this system, and he, no doubt about it, can get the job done. It just bothers me when you have a young man in this program who has done what he is supposed to do, who has all the capabilities, but yet people just don't want to give him his just due. No, they don't want to give Mac the due. You know, he's been there. He knows the playbook. He's been in the quarterback room for a long time. He's got one, two, three, four, five guys in front of him, six, six, three, ten, six, three, three, twenty-seven, six, six, three, oh, eight, six, four, three, thirty-eight, six, seven, three, sixty, and Najee in the back. What's going to happen, man? It's Alabama is going to be on the attack. And, 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 and not just that, Wagon. When you look at Devontae Smith striding down the field, you look at Jalen Waddle explosiveness, you look at Tyrell Shavers at 6'6, you look at John Mechie and Slade Bolden and Xavier Williams and any one of these freshmen at wide receiver that want to take the field. Oh, and not to mention Jamil Billingsley at tight end. I mean, Max got all the weapons at his disposal to choose from. Well, we got, we got, uh, Mac has got everything there at his hand, fingertips, and we know he's going to be able to do it. And uh, these sports writers, and once again, has got my man hot. And I wrote the perfect poem to end 
on a Monday. If you're ready to hear it, I'll lay the smack down on you. Just tell me when you want me to go. All right, Pastor Wagon, hit me with it. (laughs) (laughs) Roses are red, violets are blues. We don't need the critics on the podcast at TDA. What about you? All the big sports channels in the land has tried to stop Stephen M., my main man. So all you sports writers and channels on for the corona can't stop Stephen M., TDA, how can you? JP drops the hits, Justin drops the recruits, I sit back in the lazy bow and pop my boots. So all you people who want to drop on Mac, you better look out. Stephen M. is on the attack. Stephen, I'll see you Wednesday night, my friend. Calm down. Everything's going to be all right. I appreciate it, Wagon. I appreciate it. All American poetry come from Wagon. You be good, man. Appreciate that coming in from Wagon. We're going to go to the chat line as you guys Blowing us up here so far on a Monday. Going to get to a couple of questions here. And Baller Sports Media, Baller Sports Media wrote right in, Trevor Lawrence was playing so bad, you could have called him Tua. Ah. Okay, Tua in the 2018 championship game off the 17 season, uh, or 2019 championship game off the 18th season, Tua was battling through some injuries. Not going to make an excuse for Tua, but Tua was battling through some injuries. Trevor Lawrence was 100% healthy. So for Trevor Lawrence, he had no excuse. He just had a defense on his tail that made him look average. He had no excuse there. At least with Tua, Tua can at least have the excuse of, well, bro, I was hurt. Even though he's not going to use that excuse, Tua can at least have that excuse of, bro, I was hurt. We got... Samuel William Wilkinson has here, as much as I love Mac 10 facing OU or Clemson in the CFP, give me Bryce Young. I like Bryce. I do. I'm not saying Bryce isn't good, Samuel. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying here is you're going to give me a guy that's never played a snap of college ball that's never been in a spring game, never had a spring practice that's due to the coronavirus, you, you can only hope that if Nick Saban's able to get these 14 OTA-type practices in in the summer, if he's granted to do so, you can only hope that, you know, these freshmen can pick those things up and be able to make some headway. But even with that, I just look at the experience that Mac has. I think he's more accurate than people give him credit for. I think he's more athletic than when people give him credit for. I think people sell Mac Jones completely too short. Not saying that Bryce is not good. He's good. But people sell Mac Jones way too short. We're going to go to our next caller in the queue here. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Hey, Mr. Steven Smith. How you doing? I can't complain here, man. It's, it's fresh off the Easter weekend. I'm doing fine. <laughs> good. Uh, you just read my comment. This is Ballard Sports Media. I, I want to clarify that comment. I, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I let, like, how I feel – like that, you know, I, I think too was a great talent, obviously, as a Bama fan. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, when you look back at how he played against Clemson, though, he didn't play good in that game. And that's how I viewed Trevor Lawrence in the LSU game, I think. So I just want to clarify that comment real quick. I mean, I, and, and I understand that. I watched the national championship game between Bama and Clemson. Tua had some struggles that game. You got to give Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator, a ton of credit. He mixed things up. He fooled Alabama's protection scheme. He fooled Alabama's uh, offense. He fooled Tua's eyes from time to time as he had you know, some turnovers in that matchup. So I see the point there. I was just coming at it from the angle of, in Tua's case, Tua would have the excuse, even though he will not use it, Tua will have the excuse of, man, I was battling through ankle and knee and this and that, versus Trevor Lawrence, who was completely healthy in the matchup against LSU. But I definitely see your point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and Tua's a great talent. And I keep, uh, you know, seeing all this stuff. And I keep, you know, I've asked a couple of people. I uh, have my own sports channel and I keep up with all, uh, you know, all these other YouTubers. And I ask, and I say, you know, would you be shocked if Tua goes number one instead of Joe Burrow? And I say this, and I want to get your thoughts. 
you take away the injury. From a talent standpoint, not a surprise. But from an injury standpoint, and you look at Joe Burrow and the season he had at LSU, he's a clear-cut pick, and that's where it's surprising. It's like, hold on, Tua went number one? I mean, I get I get the talent and everything, but you're going to skip on Joe Burrow and the season he had? What are your thoughts? Would you be surprised if he went number one? I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't want him going to Cincinnati. Really don't care too much for that organization. I wouldn't be surprised. I get why people look at Joe Burrow as the safe pick, right? Never was hurt, went through a full season, put up Heisman winning numbers, had national championship, SEC title. I could understand why Joe Burrow would be the safe pick. My thing is, it's just like people say, two is a risk due to the injuries. Joe Burrow to me is a risk because you really don't know what Joe Burrow you're getting. Are you getting the 2019 Joe Burrow that lit the world on fire with Joe Brady? Or are you getting the 2018 Joe Burrow that only had 16 touchdown passes and didn't crack 3,000 yards? So you're wondering, is it Burrow? Is it the system? Do I, If I get Burrow, could he potentially bust? So it's a risk with either guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, and like you said, in Burrow, you're wondering which one you get, and it's Tua with the injury. Yeah, so the, 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 the hope here is that Tua, in the National Football League, number one, protect himself. He, he's not injury prone. He is prone to get hurt at times. I wouldn't call him injury prone. But the big thing for Tua is protecting himself in the NFL. Now, he is blessed to have a shot where the NFL is different than what it was years ago. This league protects quarterbacks more. If you hit somebody below the belt or above the belt, it's a penalty. It's a fine. So the game has become more so quarterback friendly. The main thing for Tua is letting go of the ball quicker and not, you know, putting himself in those compromising spots. But, man, I appreciate the call. Keep listening to us. Awesome. Thank you. Roll time. We're going to go to our next break here on the show, but continue to fire us up here in the chat line. Upon our return, we sit down with former Alabama defensive back Shaheem Carter to talk some Alabama football and his preparation for the NFL draft. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be back after this. Want delicious homestyle cooking, sushi, and hibachi? Check out Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. At home and you can't get away from the TV because the Crimson Tide is about to score? Don't worry. Delivery is also available through Waiter and Crimson To Go. That's Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And make sure you let them know the good folks at Touchdown Alabama sent you. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown Alabama.com today and roll tide. And we are back in from the break here. What is the hottest show on the streets? The best form of Alabama football news, notes, and information you're going to find anywhere in my own words, the podcast with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And we go to the phone lines now where we are joined by former Alabama safety Shaheem Carter, well, former Alabama defensive back Shaheem Carter, who played from 2016 to the 2019 season. Shaheem, welcome to the show, man. What's going on? Man, thanks for having me, man. Nothing much. Just uh, trying to stay safe, man. What's going on in the world right now, man? It's really crazy. It is, but we're definitely happy to have you on here on today. And you're from Louisiana. You're from Kentwood, Louisiana. Not a talented guy from that state. A lot of big-time four- and five-star recruits from that state. But what made Alabama, what made Nick Saban special? What made this program stand out? 
in the 2016 cycle when you gave your yes to play for the Crimson Tide? Uh, man, it, it, I just wanted to be coached by the best. Uh, I wanted to be the best version of myself, uh, whether that's, you know, being a father to my kids or being, a, you know, the best son I could be to my mother or just being, you know, just being me every day. Uh, I just wanted to be the best at everything I did. And I felt like going to Alabama, playing under Coach Saban was the best, the best thing for me. Now, when you look at you're about to enter this NFL draft coming up here, or you're in, you're in the NFL draft, and the draft will be from April 23rd to the 25th, which is in the next couple of weeks here. There are a lot of versatile DBs in this draft. You are one of them. But coming from Nick Saban, coming from Alabama, how did this program prepare you to be on top of everything, be the most versatile player you can be to where if a team takes you, they know I'm getting the best prospect, I'm getting the most versatile prospect in this draft. How did Nick Saban and Alabama help you in that versatility? Uh, man, they helped me tremendously. Uh, coming out of high school, you know, I could play uh, multiple positions, but once I got there, uh, he, you know, put me at, at, at a few different positions, and once I mastered those positions, uh, I felt like I could, you know, play anywhere on the next level. Um, so, yeah, therefore, they helped me a lot. Uh, I can't thank them enough for that. We're live on the phone lines here, ladies and gentlemen. If you're just tuning in to In My Own Words, the podcast, we got Shaheem Carter, former Alabama defensive back, played for the Crimson Tide from 2016 to 2019. And uh, I know at this point in time, Shaheem, you mentioned that we're in a crazy situation in today's world with the global crisis, the coronavirus pandemic, but you along with other former players, still finding ways to work out, still finding ways to stay in shape, still finding ways physically and mentally to keep yourself in the mm -hmm. right frame of mind and body and preparing for this upcoming draft. So what has been a, the everyday training session for you? Uh, just, you know, just waking up uh, early morning and just going to just going work out. Uh, I wake up about, about 7 every morning. Uh, and I'll, you know, get myself together in the morning. And uh, my workout start about nine. Uh, we pushed it back. It was from it was I was waking up at around like four four thirty in the morning and getting the workouts about five thirty. Uh, but we pushed it back a little. Uh, so now I'm waking up at seven. Uh, work starting. My workout starts at nine. Um, ends about um, about ten thirty eleven. Around that time, pretty much every day. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, uh, Thursday. I mean. Monday, Tuesday, uh, Thursday, Friday. So uh, what would be the main focus for you in your workouts? I understand you going to the NFL draft, you want to be able to play anywhere or wherever a particular coach or position coach may put you at, but just on a day-to-day -day training process, what is your focus as you're entering this draft in terms of where you want to play position-wise? Uh, just trying to stay in football shape. Um, that's that's really the main point. So you know when they call when they call the players and tell the players they can report for OTAs and, and rookie minicamp and things like that, I'll be ready to go. That's pretty much it. Is there a particular spot you want to play at, whether that's outside corner, nickel corner, uh, safety, or is it just wherever they put me, I'm gonna ball? Do you have a particular playing spot you want to be at? Yeah, wherever they put me, uh, I, that's why I want to play. Wherever they put me, wherever team, wherever team needs me. We're live here, ladies and gentlemen, with Shaheem Carter. If you're just tuning in to, in my own words, the podcast, Hi, show on the streets, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith. And Shaheem, the 2018 season you had was one that was very interesting for me, being able to get that chance to cover you out there on the field. I believe you had 10 pass breakups that season, two interceptions, both returned for touchdowns. When you're on the field and kind of the cerebral part of that defense, you're the last line of defense. Nothing should be able to get past you. That's the mentality all DBs have. But just talk about that season where you were breaking on passes. You were at the right spot at the right time. What goes through your mind when you're on the field of play? What, t take me through the process of what do you think about when you're on the field? 
I mean, first things first is, you know, getting a play from the sideline and knowing what you have to do, uh, adjusting to every formation they give you. Uh, and just knowing, pretty much knowing what you have to do. Uh, and if I know I got, if I know I got to cover this guy man to man, then that's what I'm gonna do to my to the best of my ability. If I know I got to reroute or play zone, I'm gonna do that to the best of my ability. Uh, if I know I'm in, I'm in a run fit, and you know I got to be in a run fit, I gotta you know put my big boy shoulder pads on. So I mean that's that's pretty much it. That's you know that's every play for you know pretty much everybody on the field. You know knowing you know whether if you're in a run fit or you got to cover this guy man to man or anything. You want to do it to the best of your ability. Now, Alabama's defense, typically known for being dominant, uh, known for being feared, known for being respected, but in the last two seasons, especially last year, with it not making the college football playoff, not winning the SEC, you know, not winning a national championship, could you kind of speak to what were the problems or the stumbling blocks that just led to the defense not reaching its ultimate goal last year? As a player, you know, you don't, you don't point any fingers or, you know, you don't say that's a player fault, that's a one of the players fault on the team, that's, uh, that's a coach fault. You don't say anything. That's coming from, you know, me being a leader on the team. Uh, if anything, you know, everything is on me. I take the blame for everything. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I feel like uh, if I could have did, you know, even a better job uh, in a lot of the games, pretty much every game we played, um, you know, we probably could have made it. So I, I just, you know, blame everything on me. I remember prior to last season, I believe it was August camp, you spoke to reporters, including myself, about your appreciation, uh, your respect for Pete Golding, of whom both of you guys from the state of Louisiana, Coach Golding was in a tough situation last year because the defense was set up with Dylan Moses and my, Joshua McMillan and my, among other guys, and Alabama had some key injuries on defense to those respective players and Coach Golden kind of had to rotate and adjust on the fly there. What do you see in the upcoming season when it comes to Coach Pete where you know he's going to make a massive jump, he's going to make a massive improvement, this is the right guy for this job at defensive coordinator. Talk to me about Coach Golden. Uh, like you said earlier, man, we both from the same state. We both had a relationship before, you know, before I even went to college. Uh, obviously, he was recruiting. He was uh, trying to recruit me to come to school that he was at uh, when I was still in high school. But uh, I felt like, you know, he's the guy for the job. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, it was tough on us last year. But, you know, like you said, he's the guy for, he's the guy for the job. He's very intelligent, super smart. Uh, so I, I know that he can get the job done. Now, even though you're gone, Shaheem, even though you are about to hear your name called in this NFL draft, there are some players coming back to Alabama that you know are going to have that dog mentality, that fight in them, that playmaking ability. They do not want to repeat of what's happened the last two seasons. So even with you pursuing the next level, who are some guys defensively that you know Alabama is in good hands. This program is in good hands because these guys are coming back. Um, Devontae Smith uh, is a great guy. Uh, Dylan Moses, uh, Josh McMillan, he's been there going on his sixth year. So, you know, I mean, he, he knows, you know, how, how it feels to win and lose. Um, Patrick Satane, he knows. Uh, it's a lot of guys that was on that team their freshman year when we lost to Clemson uh, in Cali. Um, that knows, you know, how it feels to lose, but they don't know what it feels like to win. Uh, and everybody, you know, everybody want to be a winner. Uh, everybody w wants to win. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of guys there that, you know, that, that want to win. I mean, they just have to go out there and do it. Nick Saban is the type of coach that, for, for most guys, Shaheen, when they win one championship or two championships, they're fine with that. They're good with that. They're okay with that. But it's just something about Coach Saban. He wants to win more. He wants to be at the top of his game. He wants, by the time he leaves, that everybody knows this man right here is the greatest to ever do it. This man right here is the greatest of all time. It, it doesn't come any better, any more respected or revered, as I should say, than Coach Saban. From you playing under him, from you playing with him as your head coach, what continues to drive Coach Saban? Uh, I know for, for a fact that he told us 
the reason why he haven't retired yet is because he's scared. Uh, he don't want to be without the team, um, you know, in, in a joking, in a jokingly manner. Um, he definitely don't want to be without a team. Uh, he always, you know, he he want to be around. He want to be around guys, you know, like us every day, uh, which he does, and he loves he loves what he do. Uh, so I mean, him him, you know, being one of the greatest, you know, saying one of the greatest coaches ever in college football. I mean, that's just you know, that's that's God. Um, you can't you can't take that from him. Um, and you know, like I said, you know that that's 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 you know, just Coach Saban just want to be his best each and every day. He wants the best for himself. He wants the best for others as well. So, I mean. Got a couple of here. Got a couple more for you here, Shaheem, as we are joined live with Shaheem Carter, former Alabama defensive back who played from 2016 to 2019 here on In My Own Words, the podcast. There's going to be a quarterback competition in once we get back to football, and that's between Bryce Young and, of course, Mac Jones. There's two others in here, Talia Tungavangoa and Paul Tyson, but the two that people are very much so talking about, Bryce Young and Mac Jones. As good as Bryce is, as talented as Bryce Mm -hmm. is, Mac enters his fourth year in the program. He's kind of like a coach on the field. And though not too many people see him as somebody that can take Alabama and win a national championship guiding this program to a national title, from you being around Mac Jones, from you being a part of this team, Shaheem, for people that try to sort of write Jones off, what do you tell those individuals about him as a leader and how he is more than capable of taking this team and winning a national title with this team? Um, Mac Jones, uh, he, he, I mean, he's good. You know, uh, he – Obviously, you know he got a he he got a scholarship coming out of high school from Alabama. So obviously he's good. Uh, I watched the guy, you know, two years on scout team, you know, uh, shred our defense apart at practice and stuff. So I know what he's capable of, and I believe that he's capable of, you know, taking them to the natty this year, um, which everybody you know on that team, everybody on that staff is uh, would be able to too, will be able to tell too, uh, tell you too. So I mean. I mean, he he's capable of doing what he what he's doing. Um, so I mean, if you don't, you know, if you don't be even Mac Jones, I mean, I mean, you're not a true Bama fan. So 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 with that being said, with that being said, coming from Shaheem Carter, you got a lot of running backs now, a lot of running backs on the yeah. roster, and this is going to really help out with Mac because you've got Najee Harris. Brian Robinson, Keenan Robinson, just a whole list of backs, including three freshmen that will be here as well. I want to single out Brian Robinson for just a moment here. Every other back kind of has something that it's their thing. Najee is the spinning, hurdling thing. Keenan's got the speed. You've got freshmen coming in that may have their certain niche. What makes Brian Robinson special? What's the one thing that you know Brian Robinson is going to give Bama this thing right here the entire 2020 season. What makes Brian Robinson tick in your mind? Um, he he definitely he, he's definitely a do it all back. Um, you know, like you said, with those those uh, with Bama having uh, a deep backfield this season, um, I mean it's it's probably going to be limited. I can't speak well, I can't speak on that, uh, but. I know that he he that he definitely can do it all. He has the speed. Uh, he can be shifty at times, and he can run through people. He has it all. So to me, you know, he's a do it all back. Gonna be gonna be fun watching all seven backs take the field this upcoming season with Brian Robinson, the Tuscaloosa native, trying to make sure people understand that he is just as good as Najee Harris and the rest of the other backs on the roster. But being joined here live by Shaheem Carter, former Alabama defensive back from 2016 to 2019, part of that 2017 national championship team and two SEC title teams in 2016 and 2018, 2018, excuse me, Shaheem, very, very happy that you were able to take time to spend a moment with us here on In My Own Words. My man, be good, train well, be safe, and looking forward to hearing your name called in this draft, man. Man, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for taking the time out to interview me. 
Absolutely. Shaheem Carter, former Alabama defensive back, joining us live here on the show. We're going to take another break here on In My Own Words, the podcast. But upon our return, we dive into more of your phone calls, tweets, text messages, thoughts, questions, and concerns after this. menswear in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown Alabama.com today and roll tide. Back inside the hot sauce, the hottest form of Alabama football news, notes, and information. In my own words, the podcast, yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And before we dive back into the call-in segment and getting your chats here from getting your thoughts here in the YouTube chat. And I got to pay homage to two individuals right now. First and foremost, a special homage to former NFL quarterback Tavares Jackson, who passed away on Sunday night in a one-man car crash in Alabama. This was somebody of whom played 10 years in the NFL but he was special to the city of Montgomery, a native of the city, a guy that was a great high school athlete. He put Alabama State football on the map, just a guy that did it the right way. And uh, a number of different people, including one Mac Wilson, coming out to Twitter just mourning um, the passing of Tavares Jackson. He was a knight. He was a positive role model, a positive influence, somebody that made you feel better then once you left his presence, so a, a prayers of thought, prayers of comfort and thoughts and just strong, strongness towards his family as they as they go through this difficult time. Also to the mother of a Carl Anthony Towns of the Minnesota Timberwolves NBA, Carl Anthony Towns lost his mother to complications due to the coronavirus. So for the mother of Carl Anthony Towns and for Tavares Jackson, former NFL player and um, native of Montgomery, just our best, best wishes to their families as they lost two great, great people. As we're back in now to getting back into the show, the conversation, getting back into the show here, uh, the conversation uh, 205-448-1358, but I'm going to call, I'm going to be a part of the show, 205-448-1358. We actually got a call in queue right now, and we pick it up with Waylon. Waylon, you're back on, buddy. What's going on? Man, you was hot at the start of the show, and you got to tell me that my phone, AT&T, dropped my call and wouldn't let me do my poem. Man, I'm calling the president. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. Go ahead and do your poem, man. Man, I tell you what, this is what it is. Maybe my phone won't cut out this time. Roses are red, violets are blues. We don't need the critics on the podcast at TDA. What about you? All the big sports channels in the land was tried to stop Stephen M., my main man. So all you sports writers and channels, too, if the corona can't stop Stephen M. and TDA, TDA, how can you? JP drops a hits, Justin drops recruits. I sit back in the lazy boy and pop my boots. So all you people who want to drop on Mac, you better look out. Stephen M is on the attack. Baby, I'll catch you Wednesday night. I got it in that time. Y'all have a blessed night. Bye-bye, Stephen. Appreciate it, Waylon. What's better than hearing it one time, hearing it twice? That's what I always say. But we're going to go back into... The uh, chat line to pick up some questions here. We actually have one from Ballard Sports Media 
who writes back in, hey, Stephen, big fan of the Tide, and you do a great job. I appreciate that. My question is, could Talia, could Talia Tungavangoa potentially win the starting quarterback job in 2020, and do you think he could feel his brother's shoes? That's a good question, and that's a tough one because, and I mentioned this on a prior show. I remember how this time around last year, Talia was the hot topic of conversation. Everybody wanted Leah. And now everybody wants Bryce Young. So it's going to be a push for Leah. Can Leah in fall camp get into this, get into the practices and really show she can run this team? Because not only do you have to try to knock out Bryce Young, but now you got to compete to also knock out Mac Jones as well. So it'll be a push for Leah. He's definitely got the talent. He's got the ability, but it's going to be an uphill battle for him. That's I'm going to say about that. I like him, but I do not think so. But he could prove me wrong, though. That's coming from Ballard Sports Media. Good question there. We go down to Amber Kane. Amber writes in, people are forgetting Paul Tyson. He's pretty good, too, right? People do forget Paul. People constantly forget Paul. And Paul is one that I studied a lot of tape on. I literally see four NFL quarterbacks in Paul's game. I see Drew Brees in his game. I see Aaron Rodgers in his game. I see Phillip Rivers in his game. And I see a little bit of Tom Brady in Paul Tyson's game. I see four pro quarterbacks in Paul Tyson. He was electrified in high school. The guy is a legit 6'5", 235 pounds, so built like Ben Roethlisberger. This is a guy that once he gets his chance – once he gets his opportunity, he is going to shock people because he's that good. Eating up the play system of Steve Sarkeesian, once he gets his shot, you know, he's going to be ready. But continue, guys, to light us up in the chat line, 205-448-1358. The number to also drop a text and leave a voicemail. We go to another break here on In My Own Words, the podcast. and we get back, we discuss one Ryan Leaf. <laughs> Former NFL quarterback Ryan Leaf just had something to say about Tua Tagovailoa, and we'll talk it. We'll touch it up after this. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown Alabama.com today and roll tide. We are jumping back into the hot plate, hot pot of gumbo here on In My Own Words, the podcast. Yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine on a Monday. And uh, man, we, we, we were going to discuss the thoughts that Nick Saban had with one Maria Taylor on on our IG Live via ESPN where you know, Coach Saban talked about his idea to pitch the 14 preseason practices, the teachable moment type practices like the NFL does with OTAs. And I was going to give my thoughts on what would be the biggest positive from that if it should it happen and who would be the four players, particularly freshmen, that would benefit the most from that. But we're going to save that one for Wednesday just due to Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf was on the uh, Pat McAfee show today. It was on the Pat McAfee show a month ago. And Ryan Leaf, who was a uh, 
College quarterback at Washington State in the 1998 NFL Draft, I still can't believe people felt like it was pulling hairs between Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning on who would be the best quarterback, on who would be the best player in that draft. Manning, the better collegiate career. Manning, the better NFL career. Two Super Bowls, a Super Bowl MVP. Ryan Leaf, the biggest bust in the history of the NFL Draft, only played five seasons. But... Ryan Leaf comes out on the Pat McAfee show and uh, did not even have Tua Tagovailoa as one of the five best quarterbacks in this draft. Are you kidding me? He literally had Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, J- Jacob e- Jacob Eason, and Cole McDonald of uh, the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. No Tua was in there. Um, and, and his reason for this is he says that he does not see – Tua transitioning well to the NFL game like a Burrow or a Herbert would because of the fact that Tua had so many great talents at Alabama and would he have those same type of talents in the NFL? Okay, Ryan Leaf. It is crazy how the biggest bust in NFL history a guy that could not even complete 50% of his passes, completed 48%, not even half. Here's a guy that couldn't even throw for 5,000 passing yards. His touchdown-to-interception ratio was hot garbage. 40 touchdowns, 36 picks. He had a quarterback rating of 50. Here is somebody that did not even win a national championship at Washington State. He didn't even win the conference championship outright. He had to share the conference title, kind of like how all the guys have to share one girl. Shawty, I, I, I got Shawty on Monday. You can have a Tuesday. I'll take her back on Wednesday. I'll dish her to you on Thursday. But the whole weekend, she my girl. You know that whole thing? So that's how Ryan Leaf was. And, of course, he said, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he turns out to have a great career, but to sit there and say, I don't think Tua Tagovailoa will translate to the NFL game much like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. And once again, I have no ill feelings towards none of those two guys, neither the two between Burrow and Herbert, but there's a risk anywhere you take it. You look at Burrow, which Burrow are you getting? You look at Justin Herbert, sometimes he plays well, sometimes you're wondering where he is. Tua, by far, the best distributor, the best thrower, the best passer of the football, the best guy in giving your team a chance, an opportunity to win football games. And for me, I'm going to say this right here. I'm going to say this right here. It would be crazy if everybody listens to the quote-unquote experts and they push to a Avatop 5 and they talk to a Avatop 10. If they talk to an Avatop 10 and the Atlanta Falcons are sitting at pick 16, Arthur Blank, Thomas Dimitrov, I'm speaking to y'all two right now. If Tua gets talked Avatop 5, which I don't see it happening, but if he gets talked Avatop 5, and if he gets talked out of a top 10, and you being the Atlanta Falcons sitting at pick 16, Dimitrov, Arthur Blake, I don't want to hear nothing from y'all, but we are taking Tua Tagovailoa with the 16th overall pick. Because could you imagine, Bamination, Tua in Atlanta? Could you imagine Tua Tagovailoa throwing to Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley? I'm just saying. Could you imagine how fast that jersey would sell? Could you think just for a moment here, how quickly the Falcons would finally get their Super Bowl if it drafts Tua. I I don't care what those two have to do to get this done. Whether you have to trade a pick, a couple of picks, trade away Matt Ryan, I don't care. Find a way. If these folks are going to listen to these quote-unquote experts about Tua and talk him all the way down, Atlanta Falcons, find a way. Find a conceivable way to get your hands on Tua Tagovailoa and draft him to Atlanta. Bama Nation will be very glad that you did. But it's crazy. He made it work with three different offensive coordinators. Balled out. 87 touchdown passes against SEC defenses. He carved up the SEC. 11 picks. Only 11. 
Only eleven. Even with the injuries, Tua was still going Super Saiyan like Goku and Dragon Ball GT and Dragon Ball Z. Still going hard in the paint like Waka Flocka. Even with the injuries. Even with the injuries. And, and we're still seeing people go, I don't know about Tua. I don't know about Tua. I don't know about Tua. Folks in the top 10, top 5, you got the information. Do the right thing here. You want to know the best. So you want to have the best in Alabama football news, notes, and information, folks. You know where to find that. You go to the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app. Very simple, easy to do. You download it from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you just happen to have the Android phone. We got the podcast here for you, whether it's iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast.fm, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iHeartRadio. We got you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I'll be back on Wednesday continuing the conversation that is tied football. But for now, I leave you with these things right here. And it's husbands, love your wives. Wives, value your husbands. Children, be sure to make sure that you're getting that homework done and finding ways to not be bored. Get those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, I'm your man, Stephen M. Smith, and this is In My Own Words.